Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Rosemary with you this evening. Thanking God again for this wonderful opportunity that he's given us to be together for the study of his word. We're going to open our session with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, as we thank you for bringing us together to look into the mirror of your word. We pray, Father, that by your spirit, you will speak to us, enlighten us, and empower us to be doers of your word. And because you meet us at our point of need, we thank you that we are becoming more and more established in your light that dispels the darkness and in truth that gives us the victory. We invite you to have free course in our lives that you may be glorified in us and through us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, tonight we're going to be looking at the second part of the study that we uh, began last week entitled Our Ability in Christ. Praise God. This is um, a continuation again of uh, what we started on last week, expanding on the subject. But tonight we have a focus on uh, God's wisdom, amen, as an ability that is at work in the believer. And we're going to start by looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, which tells us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. The question is, what does it really mean to be a new creation in Christ? Honestly, if we look at our life, uh, I would venture to say that most of us are living far below what God intended us to be and to do. Uh, much of what we are doing that we are, uh, you know, going to look at uh, today uh, is it's really not new to us. However, uh, I believe that for a lack of revelation and application, we are not, by we I'm speaking about the church at large. The church is not experiencing the level of success that it should. And as noted in our last lesson, if like the early church we understood as we should, the abundant life that Jesus referred to, um, the powerful truth of our ability in him, the church would be the dominant force that it is called to be on the earth. And uh, we saw last week that God's plan for us is to 
know him experientially. And the process of knowledge must eventually lead to experience, which means walking in God's nature and character that is in his holiness, his righteousness, his wisdom, and his power. Amen. And tonight we are going to be focusing on the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. How we are to operate in that wisdom and how it has been made available to us. Second Corinthians um, chapter six and verse 16. We looked at that passage in our last study. Um, it tells us that we are the temple of the living God by we, again, it is a born again Christian, amen? We are the temple of the living God. And God has said that he will dwell in us and walk in us, that he will be our God and we will be his people, amen? What that means is that God desires to live, uh, to express his very life in and through us. So how much of this life of God is truly being demonstrated in our everyday life? This is the question that for me, uh, that it keeps resonating in my spirit. And, um, and I've truly been challenged to uh, examine my own life to see where adjustments are needed. And so I believe this must be the case for the whole body of Christ. You know, when we read such passage as uh, John chapter eight and verse 32, that says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And then we keep on reading in that same chapter, verse 36, that says, if therefore the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Then I believe there should be a longing in our heart to intimately know the truth, know what is authentic, amen, and uh, to experience this abundance of life uh, that Jesus spoke of in John 10, 10, when he said, I have come to give you life and life in abundance, amen. So really we see that we need a revelation of the truth, a revelation of the reality deep down in our innermost being in order to overcome the lies, um, the illusions of the enemy that we have been living by. The word says that we shall know the reality and this reality shall make us free, hallelujah. So therefore, when the new man that is, this new creation in Christ that we have become comes into 
the, the full consciousness of his rights, he will be free. So let's start speaking about this reality that we are to receive a revelation of. What is this reality? To answer that question, we're going to start by turning to the book of Second um, Peter, uh, chapter one, and verses uh, three and four. Second Peter, chapter one, verses three and four. According as His divine power has given us all things that pertain to unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. Now, notice carefully now that in this verse, we see that God has granted unto us, that is believers, all things, all, not some, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And also that we have become partakers of his very nature. That nature is called eternal life. Amen. When we speak about the nature of God, we are speaking about eternal life. And remember that Jesus said that he has come. He says that you might have life and have it abundantly. Amen. That life is the substance and being of God. Amen. Whenever we think about eternal life, we have to think of it as being the life or, and the substance and being of God. This means that the creative ability manifested in creation, that is when God was creating the earth or everything that God has created. If we have his nature, it means that the, whatever ability he has, has been granted to us as well. The miracle working power that was manifested in Jesus has been imparted to the born again believer, to the new creation. Amen. And Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 explains how God's creative ability works. Amen. Hebrews 11, 3. Let's go ahead and read that passage. It says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were 
not made of things which do appear. So in essence, we see here that number one, the world was created by faith and number two, by the word of God, because God is a God of faith. Whatever he says, he believes will happen. So he put his faith in motion and spoke his word. Hallelujah. And it happened. The Bible says every time God spoke something, Genesis chapter one, in the chapter about creation, it says, and God said, let this be, and whatever God said, and it says, it was so. Amen. So uh, we see that this creative ability based on what we have just read from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, that this divine nature has been imparted to us, therefore the creative ability, which is part of this divine nature, now resides in the recreated human spirit that is in the born again believer, in the new man, in the new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. The reasoning faculties have no creative ability. Uh, let, let me go ahead and uh, read these following passages. Um, because I'm going to have to explain what I just said, that the reasoning faculties have no creative ability. Let's look first at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, for we are laborers together with God. You are God, God's husbandry. You are God's building. Amen. Now, let me read it from another version, the Amplified. The Amplified puts it this way. For you are God's fellow workers, his servants working together. You are God's cultivated field, his garden, his vineyard, God's building. Amen. Now, before we explain, I'd like to read a second passage of scripture, it's going to be John chapter 15 and verse 5. You will note that today there will be, uh, this is a Bible study, and we know, normally have a lot of scriptures, but today um, it's a good day to um, take out your, your notepad and your pen and start jotting down because we are going to see a lot of scriptures. Praise God. Um, John 15 and verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Amen. Now, I'm going to link these scriptures. We're going to examine this. Um, we see here in John 15, 5, that Jesus says that he is the vine, amen. And he says, you are the branches and he who abides in me and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. So in other words, Jesus is saying, the branch is the fruit bearing part of the vine, 
Amen. So we have the vine and we have the, the, the branches and the branch is the fruit bearing part of the vine. Now, we, that is uh, the, the church, the, 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 those who are born again, we are his cultivated land or garden where he produces and develops th things. Don't forget now, 1 Corinthians 3.9 told us that we are God's husbandry. We are his building. And we read from the Amplified um, in more uh, modern English what this means, meaning that we are his fellow workers. We are working together with him. We are his cultivated field, his garden, his vineyard. Amen. Praise God. And so as his cultivated land or garden, we are where he produces and develops things. This is the tilled soil, which is the creative energy manifesting itself. Amen. And what do I mean by that? I'm speaking about with God's divine nature flowing from the vine and to the branches, the same substance, we see God's wisdom and ability ma manifesting itself in forms of creative energy. And we see things like good judgment when we talk about wisdom, we see moral courage, we see uh, common sense, we see uh, living understanding, to devise a plan, enabling us to devise a plan for our life, as well as to manage the affairs of life. Amen. And part of it is also what the Bible calls in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 12, this says the knowledge of witty inventions. Amen. What do we mean by knowledge of witty inventions? We talk, uh, we are referring to uh, such thing as discoveries in, uh, in all fields in life, in the arts, in the sciences, all areas to benefit us and all of humanity. Amen. Why is that? Because we are God's fellow workers. We are working together with him. Hallelujah. Praise God. So God is using his people to bring about uh, the fulfillment of his kingdom here in this earth. You see, God and, and his people, the, the born-again Christian, we are working together as partners. And um, you know, in the world, we have a saying, it says, the sky is your limit. Well, truly, the sky is our limit. Why? Because we are not doing it in our own strength and knowledge or wisdom, but we are doing it in the wisdom of God, and God has no limit. So indeed, the sky is our limit. We are new creations. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we read to open up this chapter, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation that all things have passed away. Yet, well, yes, all things have indeed passed away and behold, they are become new and all these things are of God. What are these old things that have passed away? They are things of ignorance that have passed away and the new things of, 
of wisdom of God's ability have been imparted to us. Our partnership with God enables us to utilize his abilities. Amen. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1 explains this. It says, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who has made, who was made unto us wisdom from God. Hallelujah. So Christ was made unto us the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. In other words, he became Christ, became to us ability. Wisdom is ability to use knowledge. The knowledge gained through our contact with physical and mental things. You know, through our five senses, uh, you know, we acquire, and that is it, all of us, all of humanity, we acquire an immense amount of knowledge, but that knowledge is of no value without wisdom to direct its use. And don't forget that now the born again believer to the, this person, Christ has become wisdom, amen. So Christ in us becomes wisdom to use the knowledge that we acquire in this world. And that is why uh, Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter two and verse 13 tells us, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. You know, uh, I used to only see that verse from the viewpoint of uh, God working in the believer to make him willing and able to do his God good pleasure. But the Holy Spirit opened my understanding that yes, God is working in us to do all that, but it is because he, God, is doing exactly what is written in this verse that we saw before, 2 Corinthians 6, 16, where uh, it is written that we are the temple of the living God. And God said that he will dwell in us and walk in us. He will be our God and we will be his people. Amen. So oh, we said that God is, in saying that, means that he, he desires to express his very life inside of us. Amen. Um, what does that mean? It means that, um, what is he doing in us? He is, you know, he is thinking, for example, in us. He is illuminating our spirits. He's illuminating our minds, renewing them so that they become responsive to his indwelling presence. Hallelujah. And so, you know, one question we, we, we should ask then is, in this case, uh, you know, where do creative inspirations come from? Where do inventions and discoveries come from? 
And connecting it to what I said earlier, uh, you know, it is not through our pure reason that this inspiration come, amen? Because reason in itself is lifeless. But through our recreated human spirit that is filled with the life of God, revealing to us its secret, our recreated spirit becomes what I would call uh, the mother of invention. Amen. You know, Job chapter 32 and verse 8 says this, that there is a spirit in men and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Amen. So there is a spirit in every man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. You know, I know some might quickly uh, argue that there are endless inventions made by those who don't uh, follow Christ and who may not even recognize that there is a God. Some, you know, many people are atheists, many people are agnostics, you know. Uh, so how can I say that these inventions, amen, our recreated human spirit is the mother of every invention? Well, you know, it is true that there are endless invention uh, made by uh, those who do not follow Christ. But just think of what the word of God tells us in, uh, let's take, for example, Matthew chapter, chapter 4 and verse 45. Um, the second part of that verse, Matthew 4, 45. And if you look at that second, second part of that verse says that, but for he, that is God, makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Well, what does that mean for, for us here? Well, it means that God in his goodness and mercy pours out his love on everyone, including sinners. And just think of it. There was a time when we all were in, you know, were sinners. The Bible tells us that, that when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. And so it is God's love that draws us to repentance. It is his love and power that keep the world going. Because if it were left to Satan, mankind would already have gone extinct. He would have caused mankind to destroy, to destroy itself. Because his agenda is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's all he knows how to do. You know, it, it, it's interesting that the Bible tells us to consider the ways of the ant. And why does it, we are told that? Because you see, the ant uh, goes around gathering its food in, in the summer. And this happens because God has put something in the ant, which 
we can call a sense or perception or even a certain wisdom in the end. Uh, the end does not have a calendar. It doesn't know what day or month it is. But God put just enough of this something in it, which motivates the ant to keep storing the food during the summer. So they march out and, you know, out and back. They keep coming back and forth, back and forth, preparing for the future. You see, other animals, uh, insects, don't have that. But God picked the ant and put that something that, again, we can call either sense or perception or wisdom that is, you know, driving the animal to, to, to prepare for the future. So every time we see that, I personally, I think of this is God at work. This is God's wisdom at work in this little animal. Amen. Yes, God can do that in something as small as an ant. And therefore, my thinking is, what can't God do for men? Who is the peak of his creation, whom he created for his glory? Amen. So what we consider the modern inventions in science, technology, arts, a good thing? Have they blessed, generally blessed humanity? Well, yes, I'm sure we all agree that they have. And do we believe that the author behind the inspiration that led to these discoveries or inventions to be, a, to be good, one who is good, or is the one or would it be one whose agenda is to steal, kill, and de destroy? I, I don't know if you see where I'm going here. You see, James 1 and verse 17 tells us that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Amen. Again, if we look at that verse, James 1.17, it says, every good gift, good, and every perfect gift is from above. In other words, it com comes from God. What is good and what is perfect come from God. It comes from the father of light. Amen. Not the father of darkness, the father of light with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And then let's go ahead and um, look at a couple of more scriptures because I really want to um, fully uh, support my answer that it is the recreated spirit that is the mother of every invention. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 12, this is what we are told. But as it is written, 
eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men, but the, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we see here that our eyes, our ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into our heart the things that God has prepared for those that love him. There are things that we will never do, know unless they are revealed to us by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And God gives us his spirit that we might know these things, those things that are freely given to us. And who does the Holy Spirit communicate with? It is those who are in Christ. It is the spirit of God living in us who communicates to us God's plans, God's will reveals God to us. Amen. And again, another scripture that I would like to uh, quickly mention is Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. That where God is speaking and he says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Amen. So there are certain things that man's natural intelligence can never capture unless it is God who reveals it to him. Praise God. God reveals and inspires only good and great things to his people. And so, you know, regrettably, believers have a tendency to connect uh, these passages of scripture to uh, our spiritual life only, let's say, um, in our fight against sin. But I believe we would, we would all agree that a person's life is not compartmentalized. Uh, it is an inter integral unit meant to function as a whole. What good does it do us to read that no weapon formed against us shall prosper when we don't experience salvation and deliverance from our enemies? And why say that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed? If in experience, it's never so. And, uh, you know, what God reveals in the spiritual must be made applicable to our everyday life. And I can't stress enough the fact that God's plan for us is to know him experientially. And that this process of learning, of studying scripture, of being in Christ, uh, the process of knowledge must eventually lead to living it out, living the life of Christ out, walking in Christ's nature and character 
in his holiness, in his righteousness, in his wisdom, and in his power. Amen. So uh, going back to, 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 to the, the, the invention and the inspiration, we see that the demonstration of the things produced from unbelievers, though they might seem, you know, it might seem enormous to us, um, but really they make up just a fragment of God's ability at work in men. And again, God does it because of his goodness and of his love. And on the other hand, the new man in Christ has access to far more. He has received the nature and the life of God and has privileges that we call birthrights, privileges that excite us, that inspire us. It's, all, it's about this eternal life in us, which is the substance and the being of God that is now indwelling us. Can we imagine what it might mean if this life, eternal life, could be harnessed or utilized by every man who has received it to its fullest? Hallelujah. Praise God. We are going to turn to, to the book of Colossians to help us get a better grasp on this. Um, let's look at Colossians chapter one, verses nine through 14. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and to all patience and long-suffering and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, we're going to stop here, amen, um, because I'm going to start um, looking at each verse uh, separately, individually here. Verse nine, um, we are told, the Apostle Paul says that he doesn't cease to pray for these believers there at Coloss. That's the church, church in, in, in of the Colossians, because it's Coloss. The name of the place is Coloss. And um, he did to desire that they might be filled with the knowledge that is the exact knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Uh, because this will enable them, he goes on to say, 
to walk worthy of the Lord in all pleasing, bearing fruit in every kind of good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. Now, this idea of walking worthy, the key, you know, is it's a new, um, it's a key New Testament concept, which calls the believer to live in a way that is consistent with his identification with the Lord. Amen. Because the Lord saved him, and uh, in light of this. We are new creations in Christ, our Savior, and therefore our, we must identify with him in all things, and not only uh, in who we are, but in what we do. In other words, we must be productive Christian uh, in, in service. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, notice that verse 11 goes on to say that there will be these who are filled with God's exact knowledge. Amen. Hallelujah. They will be strengthened. Amen. With all his might. That is his ability according to his glorious power. Uh, the, the, the words there for the glorious power, you could say the might of his glory. Amen. So strengthen with all ability, God's ability according to the might of his glory, unto all patience and long suffering with joy. So the believer we see here has become, because of Christ's indwelling presence, has become a different human being, amen? Now much more than human, he has become a spiritual being. He, the believer has now the background for a super mind. He is no longer a mere man. He is what the Bible describes in 1 Corinthians 3, 1, uh, a, a, a spiritual man. And this spiritual man has perfect knowledge. And uh, what, what do I mean by that, has perfect knowledge? We might say, well, we don't know everything. Oh, we're born again, but, you know, we have to study. We don't know everything. Well, yes. You see, how... Let's look at what the Bible is saying here. Uh, the Greek word here for knowledge is um, epignosis, epignosis, which is more than what we usually think of that word. The word epignosis means a perfect, exact, and complete knowledge as well as spiritual wisdom that God gives us so that we can understand how to use the elements around us to our advantage, to our benefit. Amen. Uh, 
this is a new realm for a new class of, if I can use the word, Superman. Because look at look what he, the progression of this. We go on from verse 11 to verse 12, who says, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Amen. God has given us the ability to enjoy our share of the inheritance of the saints that walk in this realm of light. This is what he's speaking about when he says, God has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. In other words, we have now that ability to enjoy our share of the inheritance of the saints that walk in this realm of light. I need to note that um, the word light here means a new type of mental efficiency. In other words, it's a wisdom that can grasp the things that ordinary minds have never seen. Remember we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him, but he has revealed it unto them by his spirit. Hallelujah. There is a, a, a new mental efficiency, a new wisdom in the man, in, in this new creation in Christ, in this new man that can grasp the things that ordinary minds have never seen. And so by acting on God's word, what we actually do are doing is that we are allowing his grace to lead us into the fullness of our inheritance. Praise God. Because acting on the word means that we have received it by faith. We are acting on it. And therefore, the, the, the word is working in us. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the word is doing what it has come to do, which is to change us, to transform us. Remember uh, that in, in uh, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 5, it says that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Amen. And then when we look at what Jesus himself says concerning the light of the world, we see that this light is very different than the regular light that, the, the, or should I say the light that we encounter on the natural realm. Jesus says, I am the light of the world in John chapter eight and verse 12. And then he goes on to say, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
So Jesus is saying that those who follow him will have this new light of life, which is Zoe, which is God's kind of life, God's nature. Remember earlier we said that God's nature is eternal life. Amen. And so the darkness that is spoken here when he's, Jesus says that he that follows me does not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. This darkness is a spiritual darkness, which is, um, has been developed uh, from mental darkness, amen, from ignorance. That is why we need to bring the word in, hallelujah. And when we bring the word in, then the light dispels the darkness. And since Jesus is the light and we have him in us, we have this light of life inside of us. And when in addition to that, we fill ourselves with God's word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, then we have God's ability to, 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 to feel or to face uh, all sorts of needs and circumstances that may surround us. It is just as though Jesus were here in person, actually managing and guiding us. It is, the Bible says that it is in his light that we see light. Amen. Praise God. Now, remember I said that today we will have a lot of scripture. We will cover a lot of ground. Praise God. Because we are, I'm trying to make the, 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 you know, to establish the point that our ability in Christ is so tremendous that uh, it, it could take us forever, amen, to just try to, to, to enumerate the, what the benefits are and what we can do in Christ. However, tonight we're focusing on uh, the wisdom that is imparted to us, amen, uh, that becomes part of uh, this ability that we have. Praise God. And it takes a, a lot to, to put a study like this together. And um, so please, uh, you know, listen carefully, take notes. And uh, we thank God that these message are, messages are recorded and that you can play it back again if you miss out on something. Amen. Now let's go back to the book of Colossians. Now, Colossians 1 verse 13 and it continues in saying, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, amen. So God has delivered us from the power of darkness, amen, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. The word power here refers to authority. So God has delivered us out of the authority of darkness that is out of Satan's dominion and has transferred us into the kingdom of 
light, the kingdom where there is wisdom, the kingdom where there is revelation, knowledge. Amen. And so we see God at work within us, thinking through our minds, operating through our recreated spirits. He has actually taken us over. And what we need to do is to let him rule in his temple. We have become his temple. As he says, I will walk in them. I will dwell in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Amen. When we are in Christ, we are there to let him have his way in us. Amen. The apostle Paul said, it is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. Praise God. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. And this is what we are told in this verse. 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. What are we? We are told that we are a chosen generation, a world priesthood, a holy nation. In other words, we are an elect people. Amen. We are set, a people set apart. And what are we set apart for? For God's own purpose, which is to display his presence so that he may unveil the hidden treasures of grace by God himself at work in, within us. Amen. What do I mean the hidden treasures of grace? Well, you see, God, as we have seen, is illuminating us. He's leading us into all truth. He's leading us into the reality. And we are told in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3 that it is in Christ that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you imagine this? That the one who indwells us, Christ in us, in him dwells, are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so what he has come to do in us is to give us light and ability to know what these treasures are. They are all treasures of wisdom and treasures of knowledge. Knowledge of what, you know, what he has done. Knowledge of what, who and what we are in him. Knowledge of what we may do with his ability. Praise God, they are treasures that are yet to be, to, to be discovered. So, this wisdom, this is wisdom that has come into us to utilize 
in every area. And therefore, it is really wrong for a born-again person or even sinful for to just settle on being ordinary, everyday people. Uh, it is wrong for us to accept weakness. It, it's a lack of wisdom for us to depend, to go on depending on just simple head knowledge when we have the ability of God residing inside of us for the purpose of putting us over. Amen. And uh, we are told in uh, Ephesians, I'm sorry, not Ephesians, Colossians chapter 1 and verse uh, 27, that Christ in us is the hope of glory. Actually, let me go ahead and read this passage. Colossians 1, 27. It says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. The riches of the glory. It's, again, it's talking about all this treasure, all the divine secrets that had been hidden through the ages, but now are unveiled through us, to us, in Christ. In other words, Christ unveils to the born-again person, to the new man, the ability of God that we have in us. Hallelujah. So every born-again believer has God's ability abiding in him in the person of Jesus Christ. And with this ability of which his wisdom is part of, we can access that and walk as extraordinary people. Last week we mentioned ascending, that Jericho has fallen, but we must ascend. But with this ability in us, we can and we must ascend. We must go up out of sin, out of fear, out of weakness, out of depression, out of doubt, and go straight ahead God's highway to victory that he has prepared for us, which is the way of the word. Hallelujah. You know, in closing, let me say this, that there is so much more on, on this topic here of God's wisdom. But what we have to remember is that as new people in Christ, this new creation, we have God's ability residing inside of us. And this ability enables us to do all things. The Bible tells us we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Hallelujah. There is nothing that is impossible to us. And that is why I was saying before that though 
many unbelievers have invented a lot. It's because God has dropped something in their spirit. But the fullness, the, the, the treasure is reserved to those who are in Christ, who can tap by God's wisdom into this, the, 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 these riches, hallelujah, and work together with God to bring their manifestation here in this earth. And that is what will put us over. That is what will help us or cause us to ascend out of weakness into a place of strength, out of sickness into a place of health, out of sin into a walk of righteousness and holiness. Hallelujah. Out of defeat and failure in, into a place of victory. Jesus has shamed Satan and his cohorts publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So it is done. Satan knows that he's been defeated. He knows what his future holds. And you and I know that know, know it as well. He's, he's, uh, it is written that he shall burn in hell forever. Amen. However, until that day comes, you and I know that he's busy creating havoc in the world. And his warfare is specifically with believers. So we thank God that we have received his divine ability, that he has equipped us for the battle. We have his word. We have the Holy Spirit leading us into all reality, into all truth, hallelujah, empowering us to be winners. And we have Jesus's authority against all the works of the devil. And on the top of that, we have the power to enforce God's will on this earth. Amen. Hallelujah. So it must be settled in our heart that when we walk in this ability that God has given us, in this wisdom, in obedience to God, that we will never fail because Almighty God himself is with us and will always back us. Satan knows he's a loser, but more importantly, we know it. So let's arise in power and authority to experience God's freedom and God's blessings in every area of our lives and also to work for the glory of his most holy name. Hallelujah. Praise God. And as well as in that case for our rejoicing. Amen. Hallelujah. God has done it. It is now up to us to ascend and do the rest. Praise God. Let us pray. Father, we give you all glory, all honor, and all praise. We rejoice at your desire, Lord, to operate your life in us and for us to experience your word in every area of our life. We thank you for this wisdom that you deposit in us to know the treasures 
which are ours in Christ and for the grace that enables us to arise and partake in the wonderful inheritance you have given us in the new man, in this new creation that you have made us. Father, we are forever grateful, oh God, for all of this and for the authority and supremacy of your eternal word to help us walk worthy of your, our calling in Christ and for your faithfulness, O oh Lord, to complete what you have begun in us. We give you glory, O oh God. We give you honor. We give you praise for what you have done, for what you are doing, and over what you are yet to do to glorify your name in us and through us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. We thank you for being with us tonight. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time. Good night and God bless you.